for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is September 6, 2022, and today's guest is my good buddy, David Riley. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 234, and we have a good one. I was actually recently reached out to by a podcast listener and wanted to know if we had any episodes on about going to an area that you've never been before and kind of diving in first thing and how you would do that. So I do have some episodes about that, but nothing like centered to that. So today I thought would be a good opportunity to talk to my buddy David Riley. So we recorded this last week um, while he was driving down to Kentucky. So as you're listening to this, you know he's probably back uh, from his trip, and I'm more than likely coming back from Kentucky, or I'm already back. So I wanted to get this out before I leave um, because I'm not going to have the means to do it while I'm on the road. So I, I just kind of looking ahead here, but I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about this because David has yet to set foot on any of this public that he's going to hunt in Kentucky. Um, he does have a little leg up just cause of his brother living there, but not much. I mean, he is going into this blind, um, other than e-scouting. So, and you can only do so much of that in my opinion. But today we we touch on a lot of good things and David really paints a really detailed picture on how he's going to break down these pieces of public and honestly, I mean he's only got a couple days to hunt and he, you know, much to my surprise, he said he's like I'm if I don't find what I don't deem being 10 out of 10 scout or like, you know, sign, then I'm probably not going to hunt. 
you know, and that's just, it is what it is. And that's what makes him different. And all these other guys out there that, you know, are on elite level, I think that's like the mindset to have. And it's a different one. So we get into that today. So I'm excited about it. But before we do get into it today, I want to read a couple partners here. Helix Broadheads, guys, um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me about these things. You know, you need to try them out. Uh, go to helixbroadheads.com, use Fall HX10 to save 10% on your next purchase and get a sharpener as well because you want those things to be razor sharp. They come from the company sharp, but when you go shoot them through a target, they do dull up a little bit, so you want to be able to get those things sharp. Um, the next one is Latitude Outdoors. I do have a code. Um, I thought the code had ran out already, but I think it's still working. So it's The Fall Podcast at Latitude Outdoors. So go to latitudeoutdoors.com. If you guys are looking for some lightweight mobile hunting gear, look no further than Latitude Tree Saddles. I mean, these things these things are comfortable. They fit really well. They're ergonomically awesome. <clears throat> And like I said, they're light and you can be really efficient with them. I use the method too. I also have the classic too as well, the single panel, but I'm more of the double panel guy. So go check them out. Like I said, there's a code, the fall podcast, and it is only good for accessories and classic two saddles. So you can't buy a method two on it, but you can use them for the accessories. So please use that code. Next is Exodus Trail Cams. If you guys are looking for an awesome reliable, dependable trail cam or cell cam, look no further than the Exodus camera. So go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. They run a five-year warranty, theft and damage coverage. I mean, these guys are doing things the right way with really quality products. So go check those out. Also, next is Vector Custom Shop. You guys looking for some custom arrows, go to vectorcustomshop.com. Use the code fall 10 to save some money. I'm using the HMRs this year, the 325 spine. Uh, my total arrow weight with 125 grain head is right at 519. And the things are flying like darts. I absolutely love them. So use code fall 10 to save some money there. And lastly, Garmin bow sites, go to Garmin.com, check out their bow sites and honestly check out their watches as well. I've been wearing their watches for s- almost seven years now. Um, I have a tactic seven uh, right now, it does way more than what I needed to do, but I cater towards hunting. Um, I put a lot of weather stuff on there, um, the barometer, you know, sun up, sun down, what the cloud cover is going to be. This watch does way more than what you really <laughs> probably needed to do, but it's a very nice watch. So go check those out. Go get a Garmin site. I've said it before, guys. I've been shooting them for going on four years now, and these things are going to make you a better archer and make you more efficient in the time of, you know, when you bend those limbs back, it's going to make you a better hunter when uh, you got to make it count. So go check them out. Also, thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads, all the, you know, all the listens. And I, I, I greatly appreciate it. You know, downloads went up like crazy last month and I can just see the upswing from here and we're getting into season. Things are ramping up. Um, seasons are opening. So thank you guys very much. I really urge you guys to go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. I want to get more ratings and leave a little blurb in there, right? You know, five-star rating and leave a written review. I really want that. So go do that, please. There. With that being said, let's get over this interview with David. Uh, it's a good one, man. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. And, uh, here's this interview. 
All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. And today I've got my good buddy David Riley on with me, and he's actually in a vehicle heading for Kentucky. So as we're recording this, we were recording this two days before the Kentucky opener. Um, and so you, you might get some uh, feedback from his side. It actually sounds pretty good right now, but he might cut in and out. He's actually in Ohio. Sorry to all you Ohio people, but David and I do not like the Buckeyes. So, um, you know, just, <laughs> it is what it is, right? <laughs> it, it, you won't catch me stopping and spending any money in this state. Hey, no. Don't ever say never. I mean, they do have big deer. <laughs> So <laughs> that is that is true. That is true. <laughs> now I will never buy anything scarlet and gray. I can tell you that right now. Oh, absolutely. But uh, that doesn't mean that we dislike all Ohioans. It's just that we don't like the Buckeyes. Well, especially today. I mean, today's September first. It's uh, I guess in my opinion, even though they had a week zero last week, today is the official week one kickoff of college football season. Yep. And you'll realize too, I mean, I think I've kind of talked about it a little bit more and I don't know why I haven't, but, but in the past, but like I'm a diehard college football fan and so are you like so diehard to where, you know, we know the insider like stuff where the recruits are coming from, who the recruits are before, you know, the crystal ball stuff, like who's coming, like we get into all that. Like it is oh, what it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could I could feel Ann Arbor buzzing this morning when I rolled through there. I like it. I like it. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Harbs and the and the crew have up their sleeve this year. I'm uh other than the quarterback battle, I, I, I feel pretty good. I don't know what yeah. to what to think about that. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I in my honest opinion for uh you know, the maize and blue is, I don't think we're actually going to find out a whole lot until October 1 when, when they go on the uh, road to Kinnick Stadium for a, a night game against Iowa. And it is hard to win in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, I actually seen that they're, that's the uh, the game they're going to stripe the stadium for. So it, it'll be a hard place, hard place to play, and especially at night. Yep, for sure. Well, there, there's our college football talk. Two and a half minutes of... Uh, college football for you on this glorious day that you might be listening to this so today i want to get into um this kentucky trip you're going down you're leaving today i'm actually leaving tomorrow to go down with mark my boss and uh, his dad and we have a crew of people going to hunt the opener we're going to hunt through the weekend i don't know how long you're going to be there but we'll get into that um this is my first time to kentucky as well as yours for a velvet deer i mean obviously i'll be killing them with a camera but um you're going to be killing them with a stick and string so i'm excited to jump into this uh you know topic with you because recently ironically i had a podcast listener reach out to me and ask me in so many words about you know do you have any podcasts talking about you know, hunting somewhere where you've never been. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you have to go through the library. There's, you know, people that I've had on that, you know, try new areas and stuff like that. I just couldn't pick one out. But I'm like, well, David's going down to Kentucky and you have yet to be there. You've only scouted it from e-scouting and everything and kind of, you know, some help from your brother because he lives in Kentucky. So I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to get into this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So I guess let's start 
at Ground Zero because you know getting to know you and everything like that. You don't travel a lot. I mean, the last time you traveled to hunt was 2020 for Iowa, right? When you went to Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. I haven't traveled a lot over the years just because of naturally having uh, young children at home. So I've kind of had to make Michigan my uh, my bread and butter. But as my children get older, my my time opens up a little bit more as they become more self-sufficient and whatnot. But so I'm going to take a this is basically going to be a, just a short four or five day type of hunt. And honestly, it's going to be two. The first two days will be scouting and then hopefully getting to hunt in the latter two or three days afterwards. I got you. So, you know coming into this obviously you had a you had kind of a leg up with your brother you know living in kentucky and living in an area where you know he's a public land hunter as well so he he was able to kind of point you in the right direction is that not right and you know kind of help you out and try to get that that's a that's a tough part you know in itself to figure out where you want to go and for the caliber of deer you might be looking for yeah, that's uh, my brother does live down here in Kentucky, and uh, he's been down here a few years. And believe it or not, it just it just hasn't worked out for me to come down here. Um, we've actually talked about this hunt for honestly probably two or three years, and whether you know something comes up with work or you know when the kids get sick or weather wise, it just it's always seemed like something has come up, and that we just haven't got to hunt together down here. So you know, I do. I do have some ideas of some public land because of him, but that guy has covered a lot of public ground. So, you know, he may send me eight to 10 different pieces. So it's still starting at a very like a uh, 10,000 foot view of trying to pick out areas that I actually wanted to hunt. Sure. So let's get into caliber first. Like what, what are your and, and expectations? Like what are your expectations for this trip? Okay. As in like, what, what I'm looking to hopefully kill or what you're looking just, to hopefully kill and like what you're hoping to accomplish. You know what I mean? Are you have any goals set for yourself? And I know you're kind of goal oriented. And when you, when you jump into something, it's, it's 150%, it's no less. Right. Yeah. So, um, as in, you know, size of animal I'm looking to kill down here is I would love, you know, the ideal thing would be is to come down here and kill, kill something velvet, right. Cause it's, it's opening day opening weekend i should say so that's a high possibility and that's something that it interests me because we don't have that in michigan um but i do know even in michigan i i have bucks out of velvet right now um some of the private stuff my brother's hunting he has bucks out of velvet so there is that and i'm not afraid to shoot one out of velvet too you know so i'm kind of looking for that pope and young caliber buck that comes by uh, I, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not looking for like a certain age of deer, or anything like that. Um, I don't, I, you know, the quantity of de deer down here, I believe is going to be less than what, you know, I'm used to in Michigan, but what's going to be different is the quality of deer. So I'm not expecting to see as many deer as I I'm seeing right now in Michigan on, you know, in the evenings or in the mornings while I'm glassing. But I do believe that if, if I can get into the right areas that I'll see the, the kind of deer I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And so do you have any cameras out on these properties at all? No, this is going to be something brand new to me. Um, even with, like you had just talked about in 2020 when I went to Iowa, 
I had already scouted that a handful of times before even going there to hunt. Um, so this, this trip's going to be totally different. I have zero cameras on here. I have never stepped foot on, I basically have it narrowed down to two uh, different public pieces. One is I'm favoring a lot more than the other, and I've never stepped foot on either of them. But what I have done is I have drove through the state of Kentucky uh, about once or twice every year for the last five years. So I do have a general idea of, of the area of kind of uh, the, the terrain and the topographical features of kind of what it should be like. But I've yet to actually put my boots on, get out of the truck, and go walk any of it. Sure. So, it, you know, has your brother been scouting for you at all or even glassing? And just to kind of get an, a beat on, you know, yeah, there's a caliber of deer here that you definitely are looking to target. Sure. He's, he's done some glassing in the evenings um, and sent me some stuff. But, you know, a lot of this stuff down here, it's, it's not like Michigan where we can go out and, you know, every, every field we pass by, if it's not in corn, we should be able to see deer. Or, you know, this is, this is hill country down here. So a lot of this stuff may be hidden or on, you know, private stuff. Yeah, a lot of, you know, alfalfa type fields. So if it's cut, it's a little bit low for a few days until that regrowth comes back. So he has done some glassing and he sent me some pictures of some, uh, of some bucks. But I told him before we got into this, just because I'm coming down, don't stop doing what you're doing just because of me, like, Keep on keeping on with what you have you have going because I want to see him go kill one of his bucks while I'm down here just as bad as if I if I would kill one for sure and you know to kind of piggyback on the terrain and everything where you're going where I'm going is not far from where you're at and I actually turkey hunted there this spring and where I'm going to be going for whitetail as well and it you're right I mean there there's ag fields but it is hill country like this is yeah. you know deep caverns. And to think to see stuff from the road it, it, from where I'm going is really hard. Like it's, yeah. you know, you might yep. be able to see a deer for a split second from the road or from a glassing point, but it's like there's a lot of timber. You know, there's deep hills, deep valleys, or hollers, wherever you want to call them. But it, it's difficult to to see deer like that. Um, a lot of Kentucky people are probably listening to this going, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? We do this all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I get that, but you know, coming from where we're at, like, you know, just driving around, it's difficult to just glass from the truck in the areas where I've been. So I, I totally oh, get yeah. that. Yeah. Um, when I talk to my brother, you know, obviously he doesn't miss the caliber of deer in Michigan compared to Kentucky. But what he does miss is just being able to go out in the evenings or early in the morning when that sun's first coming up and being able to glass, you know, in all honesty, we, we can glass a ton of deer in Michigan. And right. that is, you know, and I'm sure there's parts of Kentucky, I'm sure there's different farms, you know, that in different fields that maybe produce that kind of glassing. But just these areas that this uh, two particular pieces of public land are in, the glassing just isn't the greatest. Yep. No, and I totally understand that. So, you know, coming into something that you've never been in, you know, let's back up into the summer and the spring and everything when you realize, like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, I'm, I'm booking this trip. I'm, you know, there's the dates and I'm doing it. Like, what did you start doing for yourself, you know, e-scouting and everything to, to dial in, 
because for me, when I'm thinking about it, like, you know, you and I are doing a Northern Michigan hunt here early October as well. And dude, I've looked at the, you know, Onyx on a computer on my phone to where I don't want to look at it anymore. Like I'm ready to be boots on the ground. Like it gets to a point for me where it's like, okay, I've seen it all. Like I need, I need to, I need to get boots on the ground. So where did you start at and what were some things that stuck out to you where you're like, okay, these are some spots that I really need to hone in on. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole, like, I'm tired of looking at, uh, you know, on thing that, that happened to me about two weeks ago when I, I told my brother, I said, I I'm done looking at it. Um, so I guess let's start back to the spring when it's, it, honestly, it's probably been before spring because like I said, my brother and I have talked about linking up and just, you know, having a, you know, basically velvet camp, him go do his thing. My, I go do my thing and, you know, drink beers and, and, you know, discuss strategies in the evening. But it, so it started off with, you know, basically looking at a handful of, uh, public pieces and what was outside those public pieces? Because I don't, I don't want to make this too difficult because this is just early season. I, I'm not looking for the best rut funnel or, you know, downward side of doe bedding during the rut. I, I'm looking for simple bed to feed or bed to water and then vice versa if I can catch that for the morning. So looking at the map, I, I wanted something that had really good outside, uh, food sources kind of at least what I thought they should be good outside food sources with the early season and then so after that you know whether I'm in Michigan Iowa or Kentucky I'm looking for pieces that just naturally have multiple things not not one solid block of timber or not just a piece of property with fence lines and then a couple of things of food and maybe I'm overlooking that, but I want, I wanted it. I wanted two pieces of public land that had multiple things coming together that would really catch my eye. And so then I basically just started dropping, you know, pins of points of interest. But what I said just about the two weeks ago, when I got tired of it, of looking at it, like I was just ready. I actually found myself almost, uh, and I don't, I don't even know if this sounds right, but I, I almost felt like I was e-scouting it too much because when I zoomed out and I started looking at all my waypoints, I, I was like, David, you, you're going there for two to three days of hunting and scouting. You're never going to cover all this. Don't make this overcomplicated and don't try to be covering, you know, too much ground in such a short a time because I'm looking for, you know, my scouting needs to be for one sit and one kill. That that's the whole that's the whole plan going into it. I dude, I agree a hundred percent because I feel like a, a vast majority of hunters would do that. I'd do the same thing. Like, okay, I'm trying to boil the ocean here. Like I'm trying to figure yep. because that's what we do on a daily on our farms around our, our local stuff is like you're looking at like almost the long play of the whole season. Yep. Like you got the whole season. But yep. here I love how you said, like, you know, I'm looking, I'm scouting for one set, one kill. Like, you're going to be doing things tailored a little differently than you might for, with your local stuff. It's like, you know, you almost have to pick something and, and really maybe, maybe put all the chips in the middle of the table and be like, here it is. Let's run it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. This, I'm going to be 
ultra ultra aggressive there i will not be hunting from the outside in nothing like it is i'm here i'm here to kill something right that you know like that first sit i'm looking to kill something these next two days and maybe even opening day if i don't find something over these next two days i'll be scouting opening day like i my scouting needs to produce a first time sit type of kill okay now this is actually something I've thought about because it, this is something I, like I said, is brand new to me. You know, I would have loved to come scout this in the off season, but I didn't. Okay. So this is going to be, when I scout this, whatever I'm seeing is going to be the freshest sign. And have you ever watched, uh, sometimes when you say you have a friend over or a kid that's never shot a bow before and they just pick it up and they shoot it really good. Right. Yep. They they haven't learned any bad habits yet. You know, they haven't learned target panic yet. Well, I don't I don't know. Let's just say I've scouted or I hunted this piece of public land before and yes, there could be information gained from that, but I'm not going to be stuck on one area because of a past hunt. What I see these next 48 hours is going to be the freshest sign that's being laid down at the time. So, I don't have uh I don't, you know, quote unquote, I don't have any bad habits learned down here on this piece just yet. Yeah, you don't have tunnel vision. And I think what you just said, even in a, in a general form of like me going to hunt my local stuff, like I, you know, when you came scouting with me this spring on my family farm, a farm that I've hunted my whole life, it's like if I could get over that hump of like, you know, forget about we haven't killed a deer on that ridge or that funnel in eight years. If there's fresh sign there, that I mean, why wouldn't you go hunt it? So, like, what happens is because that ridge has not produced, nobody goes up there. You yep. know what I mean? It's like getting over that, like, that hump of, you know, what you just said, basically, go find that freshest sign, you know? Yep. And, and, and it's... I don't think it's that easy though, because if you start walking around all your private, like in my, in my instance with the farm I have, I mean, you are going to start bumping deer all over the country and you've been there. It's big woods, a lot of timber, um, a lot of neighbors that hunt as well. So, you know, scout a little bit, but like do it in a detailed form. Like a, you know, I had Jake Bush on last week and like he talked, in detail of like how detail oriented he is. And it's made me really think about how I enter my stand and everything. You know, you, you and I scouted a, a piece that we call the landing strip on my, my family farm. And it's like, I tried to formulate like how I'm going to enter that stand. You know, how kind of tricky it's going to be. We've talked about it. And yep. it might be one of those things where you get, where I get 80 yards from the tree and I just sit down for a hot second and I just, yep. you know, I just let things cool down. And then it's like, take a step wait take it and it might take me 20 30 minutes to get into the tree but that's yeah. what you got to do and so yeah you know yeah and you're in like you said we're playing the long game at home you know i i scout i spent two days scouting in michigan the way i scouted in michigan this last i literally the last two days i was before i left i scouted those last the way I scouted those two days will not be the same way i scout these next two days in kentucky because let's say I don't kill one. Yeah. I still have a tag in my pocket and there's a whole season in front of us where I might make it down. But the way I look at this right now, 
is this this three is two to three day hunt i it may be over after that i may not come back so i this is a season in a weekend right here sure yeah and you know i had a train of thought there that i wanted to 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 catch on and i got so many thoughts going through my head so i'm forgetting stuff now (laughs) um but yeah like you know you you go back and you talk about if you in the next two days leading up to season if you don't find anything then you're going to scout the opener so a lot of people are like i and me included i'm on this hunt i got to get in the tree you know what i mean i got to get in the tree and that's something to get over too so tell me this let's let's say you're going to be there when are you coming home i guess uh, the plan is to come home. I'm gonna. I plan to hunt all the way through Monday night and then roll home through the night Monday. Okay, so you're looking Saturday's the opener, Sunday, Monday. So literally three days of hunting. Are you gonna hunt mornings? It, that my scouting will tell me that, and I am not. I am not afraid one bit to go hunt a morning. If these next two days, if I scout something and I find a back a, a back door in on a spot, I am not afraid one bit to go out and sit in a morning. Okay, so let's say you scout the next two days. Hypothetical here, you don't see what you want. You scout the opener, and you're still not seeing what you want. You go into Sunday and you find there like, man, okay, I feel like I'm getting there, but it's not. It's the best sign you found, but it's not like. Ah. You know, it's right here. You know what I mean? It's like, now nah, I need to be here. Are What are you doing? Like, are you, I mean, are you, when is it going to be a point where you're like, okay, I got to get in the tree? Yeah. I, that, that, I believe that's such a gut feeling. Um, you know, it, so my wife asked me last night, you know, and she says, you know, she asked, are you ready? And I said, well, I'm, I'm ready. But the stuff that I can't predict is, you know, I can't predict what Mother Nature is going to throw at me, and I can't predict the pressure. But what I can do is I can apply my scouting. And when I when my gut tells me it's time to set up, it, it I'll know. You know what I mean? We're like, I, even though this is totally different terrain, say, than Michigan, I know how to scout. I know what deer are doing this time of year. So when my gut, when I get into that area and when my gut says this is it, I, I'll know whether that's saturday friday monday whatever day it may be when my gut says this is the spot they they will be the spot so you're saying you would even scout and you know let's say you only get to hunt monday night like are you into that i i i honestly am because i i honestly believe my first sit should be my best chance down here you know because i like I said, I'm treating this almost as a whole season. This this two or three day hunt, it might as well be. It, this might as well be each day is a, a a month of or a day equal to a month down here for me. Because I I don't know if I'm going to have the chance to come back. You know, life's busy. I got you know I got some stuff going on in Michigan. Deer to hunt there. So, but also what's going to happen is come Saturday, I'm not only going to be able to start. You know, say if I need to keep scouting, I'm going to be scouting other hunters, though, too. I'm going to start getting a really good gauge on what's happening around there also. Yeah. You know, and what you just said right there, that you're 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 okay with only maybe getting one sit. We're talking one sit. We're talking you're driving five to six hours away from home, spending more money than you have in the past to travel to hunt, 
away from your girls, away from your wife for four to five days. Like we're talking about a lot of stuff that dudes, this is your only travel hunt of the year. I mean, other than us going to Northern Michigan, which is in state. So I don't really kind of look at it as that a big deal, you know? Um, Yep. But there's a lot riding on this. I can tell you when I go out of state and I'm hunting, I am always, always, and I think a lot of people listening to the dial here are probably in this the same realm. If you anything like David and I, we've got young families, a wife, jobs, stuff like that. When I go on these hunts, it's very like I got to get in, I got to go, 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 I got to go. There is no relaxed time. Like it is mental game, mental game, mental game all the time. Okay, what's the wind doing? What's the barometric pressure doing? What's where's the moon phase at? What's the weather look like for the next two or three days? How many weather apps are we checking? Where can I go sit? What are the deer doing? What's the food? What's the crop rotation? I mean, it is endless. Okay. So for you to say that you are going to take four to five days away from home, spend money, drive down here, do this for possibly one sit is just different. It is a different (laughs) way of thinking, but honestly, like nobody talks about this. Like, I don't hear people talking about this. I don't hear guys talking about this on podcasts that I listen to. Nothing. This is different shit, man. And I love it because (laughs) it's almost like I feel like hunters and outdoorsmen, they almost need someone to validate that. Like, okay, David's a very successful hunter. You know, like he's he's putting all of his chips in like this basket. And, And let's be honest here, and I'll speak for you, like, David is not like this trip that you're, you're saving money where you can, but it also you're like, this is a, a hit to your bank account as well. It's not like, Oh, I can just yeah. go do this whenever it's not like yeah. that, you know? So to hear you say that is a breath of fresh air, because I think a lot of hunters are waiting for someone to be like, it's okay to do that, man. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah. and trust your gut. So I want to get into the gut feeling here for a second too. Your gut your gut personally, does it ever play games with you as far as like him hawing? Ah, gosh, I should, you know, here, uh, do that or do this. Or is it really black and white? Like, yes or no? Well, I, you know, the him haw thing, everyone's gut does that, right? I, I think that's a natural thing. But that's how it was years ago for me. It was, it was, I was undecisive. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I think I actually said this on the very first podcast I was ever on with you. When, when you're indecisive, like usually you're not killing stuff. It's it. That's why it has to be black or white. That's why. I mean that gut. That's why I'm going to be scouting more because if the scouting, it's only it's only sixty percent good. It's not good enough for a sit. Like your scouting has to be so black and white good or bad for you to be able to make that decision of to set up, you know, and, and it, it, that's, that's, that's from years of failures though. You know, like that's why I'm saying I, my gut used, I used to him haul like that or be indecisive about, Oh, this spot or this spot. And you know, I can't make a decision and guess what? When I can't make a decision, I don't kill stuff. When, yep. when I go with my gut and I'm confident with what I'm doing, I, I have a lot better odds of killing something. 
you know, and like you said, it's just, you know, for people out there listening that might be just getting into hunting or maybe it's pretty fairly new to the hunting or, or changing your style or something like that. Like it takes time to get to the point where David just talked about like years of experience on that stuff. I mean, you look at like an Andy May and I know I bring up Andy a lot, but he's just, he's so dialed to where, you know, this guy's kept a journal since the nineties of all of his hunts, you know, it's like for him, it's very rinse and repeat. It's very, you know, he's been there, done that in these areas year over year. So he's not essentially, you know, how, how you and I, or I, I guess I won't speak for you, but how I was brought up is like, I hunted one farm my whole life until, you know, I got old enough to where I could start traveling and doing that thing. So I knew only one thing and that's like, okay, I got one or two stands. I'm going to go hunt regard you don't you didn't look at the wind you didn't look at the pressure you didn't the moon wasn't a thing you know you just knew november came around and the deer chased each other you know it's yep. just it is what it is so yep i'm i'll be honest with you i've been behind the eight ball you know what i mean i didn't get i didn't look at the hunting beast i didn't do any of that stuff like it's kind of to the you know the last 10 years have been really expedited for me of learning learning more yeah. and and to go back and I'm trying to just validate this here where I'm at is like, I got to see a lot of different things. I've been to a lot of Midwest States and hunting a lot of different terrain in a lot of different areas where even though I'm filming, I'm still hunting it. I'm still scouting it. I'm still doing it. So I've seen a lot of things and a lot of experiences that a lot of people don't get to do. So it's just, you know, stay that path, keep doing what you're doing. But we say it all the time, man. It's like, go with your gut, but also Try something different. Like get out of the box. Do something different. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for the the listeners that may just begin be getting into hunting, I'm here to tell you, uh, you I've learned more from my failures than from my successful hunts. You know, there's definitely things to take from a successful hunt, but all those failures have made me who I am today. And I'd be willing to bet, you know, because I, I look up to Andy. I'm, and I'm going to be 100% honest. If you look at my trip I'm doing, this is like an Andy May inspired style trip. Is it? Is it not? Does this 100%. look just like, just like, right. Okay. Yep. Now, I, I, and I would almost put a lot of money on it that Andy would love to talk, or maybe not love, because, you know, we all look back on our failures, but, a lot of what Andy's learned over the years, I guarantee you are from times that things didn't go right or, you know, and, and when you talk about scouting and getting that gut feeling, like there's times and, you know, not every time you go out scouting, does it pay off? You know what I mean? So, but when those times do pay off, you learn like, okay, this worked and this did not work. So, but yeah, for anyone that, is listening that maybe just get in into hunting and you're thinking, man, that, that kind of sounds like a different level of scouting or whatnot. Just remember it's, this is years of failures on my part. Yeah. I mean, couldn't have said it better. I mean, this is a, you know, when we started this podcast and you start talking about how quick and how you're doing things and everything, the first thing came to my mind is like, this is Andy May's trip. You know what I mean? This is what he does because he doesn't get a lot of time off for work and he's very, tries to be very efficient with his time. And I think one thing that I like about him is that, you know, when he goes on these trips and I'm going to speak for him just because I listen to a lot of his content and everything, but from what I gather from 
speaking with him and then also just hearing him is like he's pretty aggressive like on a trip like this you know what i mean when he has to be you know so for your instance like i i don't know i just love the fact that like you said that you know you might only get one sit out of this whole you know weekend which i look at like you know a lot of people listening i've been scouting a lot of public in michigan and the closest that you know public to me is you know almost an hour away so it's like that's that's an hour one-way drive so I'm thinking, you know, with time and, you know, gas money and all that stuff, it's like if I'm driving an hour one way, like I need to get my ass in a tree. But it's sure. okay to be like, let's go walk around a little bit. Like do it yeah. in a in a in a in a you know, a good manner. Like don't be going, you know, in a section with the wind to your back and blowing shit all over. But like I'm like looking forward to, you know, going to this piece of public and you know, walk around. There's an area that you and I've been talking about that I really want to see if there's some secluded oaks in it. But I don't want to go up there anymore. Like I, I'm literally going to dive in the first time with my bow and the saddle and everything, and I'm just going to pick it apart as I'm you know in hunting season. And if I find what I find, I'm going to hunt it. But if yep. I don't, if I drive an hour away and if I don't get in a tree, I got to be okay with like that was that was a success. That was a yep. win, even though I didn't bend the limbs back. I've, I either found something that I can I can use or I didn't, and yeah. I think that's a, a hump that a lot of people um, can't get over, you know. And what what did you and I talked <laughs> a couple weeks ago on the phone just bullshitting? And what did I call it? Um, hope hunting? Hope hunting? Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah, I told you to write it. Whatever you said, I told you to write it down. Because I did. Was, I got to go back and it find perfectly. it. Perfectly. Yeah. But but yeah. I mean that let me see if i can find it it was hope hunters like we call yeah, hope like hunters. and i used to be a hope hunter and what i mean by that is like you're just going out and sitting you know you're going to sit a spot hoping a deer walks by you know what yeah. i mean it's like you okay you really break down your sits okay let's say you sat 30 times you know on your farm or whatever locally or whatnot you know really really dissect how many opportunities you had to kill deer just kill deer um, yep. and then really dissect, you know, how many times you actually get to, to kill a, a buck of the caliber you wanted to kill. I'm going to yeah. guess it's going to be around the zero mark or one, maybe two mark. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, oh yeah. And, and I, we, and that, that's part of the hunting ladder. I, it's, I think all of us have probably gone through being a hope hunter don't you think yeah i i everybody does you know what i mean that's how you start you're a hope hunter you know yeah it's 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 climbing the ladder you know that that's part of climbing the ladder and and something i've been thinking about as we've been discussing this is the way i talk about how i'm gonna scout and hunt this now this this strategy i would adapt differently if this was the rut you know if i was coming down here during the rut I knew the caliber of deer that are in this part of the country. My time in the tree stand may be spent differently due to the different time of the year. Sure. You know, but, but I, so here's, here's the scenario that runs through my head. Okay. I'm going to get down here. I'm going to get camp set up. I'm pretty particular. I like things to be organized, well taken care of. I'm going to get camp set up. I'm going to change the clothes. I'm going to go learn all the roads around these pieces of, public land 
I'm going to look the ins and outs of the parking lots, different access, this and that, and I'm going to dive in and start getting after it today. Let's say today I don't find anything, and but I might, I might, I do have a plan though, is I want to be done two hours before you know the last daylight, because I do want to try to get some glass, and then if I can find spots to glass, okay. Let's say today's a wash, tomorrow's mediocre. I uh, don't feel real good about hunting Saturday morning. Do some scouting. Uh, do some scouting Saturday, and. That's a wash. So now all I have is mediocre, the mediocre scouting I had on Friday. Okay, tomorrow. It's opening night. Now what are you doing here? Are you going to go hunt the mediocre sign? Or are you going to take the four hours you'd be hunting and go and scout more and glass more with the potential to find something great instead of the mediocre? That's that's the mindset I, I have you know, because it, it would be very easy to think, you know, like, oh, my God, it's opening night. I got to be in a tree. I, I understand that. I, I've been there before. But to know that I have such a short window, I can't hunt on mediocre sign. I need, I need, you know, red hot, you know, 10 out of 10 type sign. That's what keeps me fueled to be able to keep the scouting going. And not just climb up in a tree for a mediocre hunt. Okay, it makes total sense. I'm glad you brought that up because if you're not, let's say you spend opening day on this property because you've already spent, you know, tonight and then tomorrow. So you got two days, two and a half days, or one and a half days. And then you've got the opener. Let's say you don't find that 10 out of 10. When is David pulling the plug like, okay, I got to go to my a new location? Like, it's just not here. It's, it's okay. What I scout, what I scout today, if, it, if I don't see what I want to see in there, it's boom, you know, maybe next ridge or, you know, the next, you know, this next 200 acres type thing. It's, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to, you know, this, this isn't the, this isn't the rut, you know, so I'm not just looking for a spot to spend some time. Like I am looking for, I, in, this is what I believe. And I believe this anywhere, whether, I was in Iowa or back in Michigan or down here. I've looked at enough maps to know like if I, this should this should carry or hold a good deer, right? There is a handful of trees, let's just say in this 1600 acres that a big one is going to walk by opening weekend. There is. Yep. I I have to go find those trees. So if it's not if it if if it's not it's black and white. It, just like we said, it's black and white. If it's not just scolding hot for me, I'll, I will keep moving. I have no problem abandoning. You know, like I, I have two public lands picked out. Like I said, I'm not afraid to abandon both those if I need to. Okay. I will keep moving. I have others. I have. I always have stuff in the back pocket. That's even in Michigan too. Always something in the back pocket. Yep. So tell me this, what are some things that you're looking for right now? Like in your head, like one, two, and three, when I'm get boots on the ground tonight and tomorrow and, and Saturday, what are you looking for? Okay. So first things first is going to be the outside food sources, stuff that's on, uh, most likely going to be on private land. What kind of food sources are on the outside? And from then I'm going to be looking at what's budding up to those. And this is hill country, so I am completely new to hill country. So I may speak completely wrong about it, okay? 
but I have, I know how to read a topo map. So I've identified the points, the bulls, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, rut setups. I'm not, I'm not too worried about saddles, saddles, or, you know, any time, any type of connectors between two ridges that I might want to sit in the, uh, the rut, but I'm looking for my ideal thing would be one or two choices. And this is how green I am. Cause someone's going to listen to this and be like, there ain't no way he's going to be able to hunt that on opening day. One, I would like, I would love to find a uh, kind of s- soft mass uh, food source dropping or just starting to drop like within the last, you know, 42 to 78, 72 hours. That would be ideal. But what I, what I would love naturally just being a, such a big scrape guy, if I can get, you know, in some kind of bowl system, where I can identify what looks to be like a really big hub scrape or community scrape, that would be my ideal to get between the bedding and that food source on on that big community scrape. The down, the the bad part of what I'm talking about is it looks like Mother Nature is going to deal up three days of light and variable winds. So I. I don't know how that's going to play out. So, with saying that, with the light and variable, why does that? Why does that suck for you? You're thinking. I just just being so green to uh, hill country hunting, and naturally, where I think I, you know, those those really good scrapes on the on the down on the bulls or on the edge of the bulls. That I just I don't know. I'm probably gonna get busted. That that's my that's my. You're talking butt, with you know, the thermals and everything. Yeah, yeah, we have because not having a strong wind and you know mainly evening hunting. So then you know you can bet that these next 48 hours of scouting, I I have two gallon Ziploc baggies full of milkweed ready to like just try to <laughs> <laughs> just try to test what's going on when I'm scouting, but, um, you know, I've, I've identified, you know, the, the, the points, the ridge tops, you know, if I get in there and find oaks, but, you know, I don't know this part of the country that well, and I'm guessing that I'm a little early for any acorns to be dropping, but maybe, maybe, just maybe I'm lucky enough for ones just like, if I can, if I get lucky enough and find that first, say a white oak that's starting to drop on some, you know, ridge top or something between bedding and a destination food source, yep. things could, things could happen, you know? And, and then, uh, another thing. So this is what we call the velvet hunt, right? So, but there are bucks shedding all across the Midwest and even up in Michigan. All of a sudden, I get into some really, really fresh rubs that I'm guessing they're, you know, within the last three to four days, and those bucks are still bachelor grouped up, or let's say, let's just say the big one's still in velvet, but I get into just a cluster of uh, rubs or on like a, you know, an oak, an oak ridge or something like that. I, that's that would be ideal is to have like a small couple, you know, a handful of like satellite bucks be rubbed out of velvet laying down a bunch of sign and then the big one still being velvet but hanging out with them <laughs> yep i could definitely see that as well so i'm trying to picture a scenario and i'm gonna i'm gonna paint a picture for everybody listening okay. and just see if this is kind of what you're thinking so let's say you know you talk about you're gonna you want to find the big food sources that could be on private or you know 
and then you're going to look at like what butts up to that. So let's say you do find a food source, a destination food, could be beans, could be corn, could be, I don't know, anything. Yep. Uh, but you, you think that this is going to be destination. So let's say there's, you know, on public, there is, you know, a, a good swath of timber that butts up to that. Um, and then, you know, it, within that timber, you locate some bedding. Okay. What you think is bedding. Now yep. that could just be a thick area that could be, you know, a ridge or, you know, something, some points where you think some deer are bedding. Now, in between that, you know, you talk about scrapes. So, like, is is one of your your um, I don't know approaches to that? Would you be now just trying to paint the best audio picture I can? You know, if you know where betting, or you think where betting's at, but you know where the food's at, are you going to be like paralleling that food source to find a scrape or find the trail? So you're almost like, if the trails are running, let's say east and west, are you walking north and south? to find these trails and to try to find these scrapes or rub lines possibly. I know it sounds very elementary, but I'm trying to paint a picture to where like people, if they're going down to do something like this, like how to scout it, like how are you going to really break it down? You know, when you're there, like, are you going to be in between the food, the food and the bedding and just kind of parallel and everything to try to find that sign or like, how does that work out? Okay, so I let's just do this because I mean no one's gonna be able to pick exactly what I'm talking about. But this is this is an exact scenario of what I'm looking at. Okay, I from what I can tell from a satellite image, it looks like there's row crop fields to uh, the north of this particular piece of public land. Okay, and why I'm talking about this piece is, is because I see I see a northeast wind in the forecast towards the end of my trip. And so that's when I need to really be dialed in, okay? So my projected food sources to the north, what looks like row crops from a satellite image. I may get them to be totally wrong, but so food sources to the north, and then you got the public land to the south. And this is just one scenario that I'm looking at because I, I have the northeast wind on my on towards the latter part of my trip, okay? And that's when, you know, that last day is, that's when things need to be dialed right in. So food sources to the north, northeast wind, hopefully, okay? And the way I'm going to go scout this is it looks like I got two, to two, if maybe a, a third, two or three ridges that kind of run into this, uh, this food source to the north, okay? I'm going to walk from the, from the west to the east on my scouting days. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first parallel that food source just to catch any type of trails that might be coming out of there, whether they're coming out of the low spots because of the scent is to their advantage or they're coming off coming off the ridge tops because let's just say maybe there's some white oaks or something dropping up top. And once I, once I find those top trails, I'm gonna start walking those trails back towards what I believe will be the bedding area. And hopefully between those food sources in that bedding area, you know, I may come across a really good scrape or, you know, an oak tree, you know, dropping, dropping some acorns, something like that. But, you know, best case scenario is I start walking those trails back today or tomorrow, honestly, and I jump one. I, I, I would love to be able to visually see a deer that I would love to shoot. I would love to jump him right off, you know, one of the points or if he's bedded, bedded down on the edge of that bowl or something like that. 
Okay, that makes total sense. I like I like that approach. So I'm gonna it, take it a step further. If you find a scrape, I know you're a big forehead gland buck fever forehead gland guy. Are you gonna be doctoring the scrape up at all, or are you just gonna kind of document it? I know it's here. Might be a good spot where I can I can get it. Okay, so I I'll you know I'll be dropping a waypoint. I'll be kind of you know really tearing that area apart if I find that. Let's say tomorrow. Now, I, I, I'm not going to doctor it up, and here's the reason why. I'm not doctoring a scrape up, and I'm not bringing cameras because I'm on such a short window. I feel like if I do something like that, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and check it. Sure. And I don't, I don't, I don't have time. I, I, I got to keep moving. My feet have to keep moving forward. You know what I mean? If, if it's not, I, my gut will know if it's good enough to hunt it then it will it will be good enough to hunt it type thing i got you i don't yeah i don't i don't want to i've done that on an out-of-state hunt before where i've like taken cameras and you know doctored up scrapes and then it always once i do that it's in the back of my mind yep where let's let's just say you know two hours later i find something better but then i'm always like well i did doctor that scrape up i wonder how good that's gonna be type of thing well then you're chasing scrapes or you're chasing cameras and everything and it's always in the back of your head like you yep. said, you know what I mean? So, yep. and it kind of goes back to being like, I don't know if this is the right word, but this is kind of how I'm thinking is like, don't get emotionally attached to it. You know what I mean? Sure. Really, yep. really figure out the whole picture before, yep. and then, you know, sit down, look at it on a map and be like, okay, this was my number one spot of all the stuff that I found. Like, this is how I do it. Like, this is my high value spot. This is the B spot. This is the C spot yada yada you know what i mean and then i would break it down of like okay is my high value spot the number one spot is it the best one or can i go find a different high value spot you know what i mean yeah um that's how i would break it down yeah and 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 that's just like like kind of how we talk like i won't have any bad habits here you know what i mean where it's right i don't have any you know preconceived notions or anything like that exactly yep i won't be stuck some i won't be stuck on a spot type of thing yep i love it man i love it (laughs) good conversation here dude you and i have a lot of these conversations just on the phone a lot so it's like you know to sit down and actually record it and and get it out there is i i like it we got to do this more often but you know when you do kill your booner down here in the next couple days we'll have to do another podcast when you get back (laughs) oh man if uh if if that was the case and i it doesn't even here's the here's the honest to god truth it doesn't even have to be a booner man he's 125 (laughs) he's 125 in the velvet on a two or three day hunt i'm gonna be honest he's gonna get it oh for sure i i I don't even disagree with you (laughs) yeah especially like you know Yes, I I know the caliber of deer that live in this part of the country. Other than that, there could be a two twelve walking in there. They could, you know, who knows? You never know, you know. But I, uh, it's gonna be fun. This I'm stepping outside anything I've ever done. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And and the cool thing is, is you get to, I'm gonna get to do it twice this year on two different style hunts to hunt this way. So yeah, and you know, I I there's a lot of parallels from this trip to our northern michigan public land hunt you know what i mean like this is the exact same mindset that i'm looking to have going up there 
you know yep. um not i wasn't going to take any cameras nothing like that because i don't want to be jumping cameras it's it's actually the exact same thing like you know we're going to be doing it for like three days at the most, you know, and we yep. might only get one or two sits and everybody yep. in camp might be like gigocking at us. Like, what are these guys doing? Like, why aren't you <laughs> hunting? Well, yep. you know, if I don't have anything to go on, I'm just not going to go just sit my ass in a tree. And a lot of people might be like, why? Well, that's what I used to do. And you want to know what? I didn't kill deer doing that. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. it's, it's, yep. it's honestly, it's kind of hard to trip into one to be honest yeah. with you. So it, and I mean, you're just hopeful hunting, right? Like that's exactly what that is, you know, but you know, it's, it, you're right. This is going to be the exact same style of trip. We will just adapt to the new area and we'll adapt to the time of the year that, uh, that time of year, we should actually be seeing more sign than what I'm, I should probably see this weekend type of thing. Yeah. I mean, we, we're going to have more acorns dropping. There could be more yep. fruit trees dropping. Um, scrapes being laid down stuff like that uh yeah. and velvets off exactly so they're they're kind of it's we're going up that second week of october which is can be very hit or miss i've never killed a deer um from october well i've killed a couple bucks on october 1st and then the next one i've ever killed was october 13th so i've never killed a deer in this this stretch so it's going to be really yep. exciting and it'll be my first public land hunt ever so yeah couple yep. couple different things going for us there it, so this is your your true first public land hunt that will be i don't so <laughs> as we sit right now uh, you know the first of september um you know, I, you know, I've scouted a lot of public here in Michigan so yeah. far. And um, let's just say there's a couple good deer that I will go mm -hmm. after. But if, like I said, like, you know, I've got some good deer on private as well. So I, I'm not one of those guys that's like, I'm going to go sit in a, you know, X stand opening night. Well, what if the wind is wrong or something's wrong with that stand? Like, I'm going to go off the intel that... You know, I'm going to go pull cameras the day or two days before opener, and I'm going to take that intel with the intel that we did in the spring to scout, and I'm going to make my best guess and our best move. And if 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 it's there, then I'm going to go sit. But uh, there's a possibility that, you know, I might go sit public that I've been scouting before we go on this trip. But as of right now, it'll be private hunts, and then the public first public I sit in, will be that northern michigan piece and when we go up there so yeah that's yeah a long way of saying that awesome man i i'm i'm looking forward to that trip it's that's gonna be a good one but yeah it's like you said same concept as this weekend so cut a track get eyes on one bump one just being aggressive for sure man well good deal david dude i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go hopefully this passed uh, your trip by a little bit faster an hour of your trip <laughs> so oh yeah man it, it it passed some time you know the sun's shining uh i think you've seen it earlier it looks like i got a note sitting here in the truck so something something's probably gonna die here this yeah weekend. your daughter is uh boy when when i saw that this morning I'm like, gosh, that's 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 just what it's all about right there. So Yeah, yeah. I looked in the back seat and I, I told you that one time. I said after, after the, the whole rib cage story, I said, You watch, there'll be a note every time now. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's it's going in the pocket, uh starting today. It'll make it to each pocket over the next couple of days and uh 
if uh, if if there's a bloody arrow, there'll be a picture of the note with it too. So hell yeah, man. Well, good deal. Good luck down there, and I know we will be talking every day. So I can't wait to can't wait to get the picture of uh, of a bloody arrow saying things just happened. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, Aaron, I appreciate it, bud. Yep. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you, David, very much, man. You know, we're going to do another podcast and just kind of do a wrap up on this whole trip, whether he killed him, whether he didn't. Um, but yeah, thank you guys very much for all the support. Um, go check out Helix Broadheads, Latitude Outdoors, Ectus Trail Cams, Vector Arrows, and Garmin bow sights and watches. Thank you guys very much. Go check those out. Thank you for all the support. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a written review. Don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast. Thank you.